The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. Hey there, and welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. My name is Jamie Dew. Uh, it is a pleasure to join you once again here in our hallowed hall. So if you wouldn't mind uh, starting where we always start and wiping your goddamn feet before you enter the Hall of Fame. So there's that. What do we do here in the hall? Well, once a week we get together, we put our heads together, we get ourselves a fantastic guest, and they nominate a candidate in one of four categories, cast member, host, musical guest, or writer. Come April 24th, the ballot will be full. We will have revealed all the balloteers. And on April 25th, we will open voting. You will have uh, just under three weeks. You'll have till, or just over three weeks. You'll have till May 20th to make your decisions, casting your votes. And then I'll go into tabulating. And anybody that receives uh, 66% or more, of the vote on uh, in the election will become a member of the SNL Hall of Fame. So that's sort of how we play the game. I don't know what else I could tell you, but that's the game. And then we'll do it all again next season. If you have any questions or concerns about the SNL Hall of Fame and how it's run or operated, uh, please visit snlhof.com to get all your answers, uh, to get all your questions answered. And um, that's a, a, a good way to, you know, sort of be a friend of the show as well. So that's what I ask of you. I ask you to listen to the podcast with a with a um, open mind and listen to the case that the candidate, uh, that the guest is building for the candidate. And then, you know, you'll make a determination whether or not that candidate is worth one of your votes. It's, it's you know, a tale as old as time. So there's that. This week on the pod, I am joined by, uh, if you are in the uh, SNL Superfans Facebook group, uh, somebody you will be very familiar with, and that's Marcus Jennings. He's one of the moderators in that group. You've probably also seen him. Uh, creeping around SNL Network. Uh, I believe he's been on the SNL Network, maybe for the Norm episode. Um, you know, the tribute to Norm. I, I, I'm not 100% positive, but, uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's a, a way for me to find out, to do some research and find out, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> because that would be far too easy. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, Marcus has uh, brought with him Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, who have appeared on the show a number of times. I believe it's seven times. So certainly Hall of Fame worthy uh, in terms of their arc on the show. And Marcus goes into detail about that. We're also going to listen to a, a couple tracks and uh, get familiar with their appearances on the SNL Hall of Fame. Whether or not they make it in the hall, well, again, that's on you. Marcus is going to do the best job he can do coming up with the case, and we'll go from there. So let's get right into that interview with Marcus Jennings, and uh, let's learn some more about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Here you go. So, Petty and the Heartbreakers, they go on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 99. They're inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2002. But today, we are here to add them to the ballot of the SNL Hall of Fame. And I'm joined by Marcus Jennings to um, make the case for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So, Petty and the Heartbreakers, let's start off with the, with the easy question. Uh, did you choose them because you're a fan? I did, uh, but they're always in the conversation for me. When somebody asks me, who's the, your favorite musical guest? They're, if they're not number one, they're easily in my top three. Um, they made several appearances on Saturday Night Live over the years, going all the way back to the 70s into the, the, the 2010s before uh, Tom Petty passed away recently. So it was uh, an easy pick for me. Um, I think they're their go-to musical guest uh, for the show, and that's why they've been on so many times. Um, and they have, a, um, they have a really strong fan base that would watch. Um, and I think they, they have good chemistry with a lot of the the alumni over the years, um, and actually it's one of the things I, I, I wanted to mention was they've been on SNL eight times. Um, they have this kind of weird knack pairing because they, they were on uh, eight times from 1979 to 2010, and every time except for one, they were on with a return host. Kind of a cool little thing. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, Alden so, in 2010 and Buck Henry in 2000 or 79, right? 79, yeah. But check this out. Okay, so 1983, they're on with Howard Hessman, who who hosted three times. 1989, they're on with Steve Martin, who's obviously a 15 timer. <laughs> 1991 with Christy Alley, who hosted twice. Okay, I'm going to skip 1994. Because we'll talk about that in a second. 1996, they're on with Tom Hanks, who's a 10-timer. 1999, with John Goodman, a 13-timer. And then, as you mentioned, 2010, with Alec Baldwin, who is a 17-timer. I want to go back to 1994 for a second. The only time they did not have a, we'll call that a return host as the, the, uh, as the host with their show, 
was their fifth time on the show. So that would have made their entry into the Five Timers Club. Right. Okay. It gets even better than that. John Turturro is a single-time host. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were in between drummers, and uh, they brought in Dave Grohl, who had recently left Nirvana when Kurt Cobain had died and had not yet started the Foo Fighters project as their drummer for that night. So another thing there, it's just like they, they like to work with return hosts. Um, they, they bring in somebody who has become a, a virtuoso of hard rock and of rock music and somebody else again, who's been on SNL a, a number of times, right on, Dave yeah. Grohl, a, as you'll, you'll see with the soundbite is that he was uh, a fan um, and loved playing the kind of music that Tom Payne and the Heartbreakers were playing at that time. Um, so it's, it goes without saying, I think that they, uh, they're one of those picks in my mind that it is, I, I think, perfect for um, the, the conversation we're having today. Um, so 1979 uh, is their first time on SNL. They've had uh, a, a couple albums out to that point. Um, Tom Petty has been performing for uh, a while now. He had a band uh, where in Florida, where he's from, Gainesville, Florida, uh, and they break up. Tom Petty gets a, a record deal, brings in some of his friends from that last band, um, Mike Campbell, uh, Ben Montrench, and they get together this, what you would call now a classic rock band, and they start hitting the charts. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Secret 
Could you imagine being a teenager in 1979 on a Saturday night and hearing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers blaring out of your TV? That's a rocker right there. That is oh, a rocker. I, I, you yeah. know? Then again, that season had just a lot of great musical guests, starting off with Blondie, you know, and then Chicago. Uh, I'm just like, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are just one of those great bands. Um, I wasn't born until 1985, but my dad introduced me to Tom Petty's music. And I could tell you, every time I found an episode of SNL with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, I was one of those, ooh, I earmarked one of those. I'm like, I want to go to that one first. Because I want to know what they're going to play. I want to know how good the musical guest is going to be introduced. You know, I I get I get kind of, I have a fanboy moment, you know. Um, You ask if, if they're one of those bands that, you know, did I pick them because they're one of my favorites? Of course. Um, I got to see Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in concert three times before Tom passed away. And wow. it was just one of those electrifying things of seeing a band that you grew up listening to in your earphones. And you're just like, you know, yeah, that's that's exactly what I look forward to. So that was Refugee. It's um, a song from 1979. Uh, off the, uh, Damn the uh, Torpedoes. Great album if you can find it. I'm sure you can. Um, whether it's in a record store or if you are looking for it online, I'm sure you can. Um, so if you're a Tom Petty fan or you like good classic rock like I do, definitely an album worth looking into. Um, so, Jamie, I want to ask you a question uh, because you know you're curating this Hall of Fame. When you think of a musical guest that has performed on the show or that you would put in the pantheon, you would raise their name to the rafter. What is something you look for? I think that they need to be, um, you know, established as a, uh, a, like a great rock and roll band or a great artist outside of the, you know, SNL zeitgeist. What I think is really cool about Petty and the Heartbreakers is they came of age on the show. You know, we really got to watch them the whole time. There are a lot of uh, guests and musical acts that Buck Henry being one, you know, uh, Steve Martin being another that were like heavy in the Lorne era. And then Domanian and Ebersol, they were, inv- they, they just didn't show up. Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers did show up in 83. And did an Ebersol show. And then again in 86, I think. Mm, 89. Um, 89, 89 okay, sorry. Yeah. So, so at the, you know, the Lorne era. So you know, we got to see them. They were only a band for three years when they appeared the first time. So I think that that's a really cool thing. But to go back to the, the nut of your question, I, I, also, I also think without being cute about it, there doesn't have to be a moment, but if there is a moment or two on the mm-hmm. show, like something that uh, is a memorable moment, mm-hmm. then that's a, a plus for the band as well. Like, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting Sinead O'Connor is a Hall of Famer because <laughs> she tore up a picture of the Pope or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like a just like sort of a moment, you know, when I think... Prince doing a four song medley, you know, uh, yeah. a, a nine minute segment, you know, like something like that. That's a hall of fame type moment, you know? Then I guess I would go to 1989. Um, the, the day that Gilda Reiner dies, 
Steve Martin is the host. Tom Pay the Heartbreakers are the musical guest. I'm not oh, saying there's a connection there, but it's oddly familiar to SNL fans, I guess, uh, as that day in history. Um, to that, I I definitely agree with you. They are, uh, you say they, they come of age on the show, but for every talent coordinator that was on SNL over the years, uh, Lori Zaks, Liz Welsh, um, uh, Marcy Klein, Lori's, um, Lindsay Shookus, over the span of the, from 1979 to 2010, they were a band that was obviously uh, in the forefront of, of music um, yeah. in some capacity. Uh, they had albums out. They were performing live. They were touring extensively well over those years. Tom had a really great solo career going. He had his side project with uh, the Traveling Wilburys. Um, you know, he he was a big name, and I think he's still a big name in music because, yes, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, they are a band that has appeared on SNL several times for a reason. Um, I, I go back to that saying, hey, could you imagine being a teenager in 1979 oh, so listening cool. to this music, you know? Yeah. To that, I say they're they're kind of like a, a band's band you know when bands get together when when you're a teenager or you're in your early 20s and you're you know getting together with your best friends in your garage playing songs whether it's a cover band or potentially a band um i think those are the songs you go back to you know it's it's one of those things of you you want to find songs that people know or just songs to kind of riff with have fun with. I think songs like Free Falling or American Girl are those songs. So when um, they were on SNL in 1994, um, they were in between drummers and they recruited Dave Grohl from Nirvana and the Foo Fighters to be their their drummer. So I, I think it, it says something for them to know who's available who might be a fan of theirs, who might know their music, things like that. And they call up Dave Grohl and this is what they, <laughs> this is what Dave Grohl said in the Running Down a Dream documentary uh, a couple years back. Someone from my management calls and says, hey, Tom Petty just called and uh, wants to know if you'll play drums with them on Saturday Night Live. I'm like, what? The fuck is he calling me for? He couldn't find a good drummer? I said, of course, I'll do it. No question, I'll do it. It was the first time that I'd really looked forward to playing the drums since Nirvana had ended. really excited to play both songs but mostly honeybee because honeybee is just such a rocker it's like the kind of thing a bunch of 16 year olds are playing in the garage to get off it's a good it's killer it's barn burner it's such a great commentary that somebody like that even at that time even now it was kind of a fanboy about tom petty 
Dave Grohl to say that, that he, he, he was open to the idea, um, wanted to play the song uh, or songs, and just he, he loved it. Um, he goes on to say in that little piece that he was happy they got to do Honey Bee. Um, Honey Bee is a, is, is a really kind of like blues-oriented hard rock song, if that makes sense in the minds of, of the people listening. Um, that's not a, I don't think it's a, a hard thing to understand that there are generations of music being played, but hard rock and blues are not necessarily two genres that you mix together well, exactly. unless you really work hard at it and can find the right band and the right composition to make those two uh, genres work. Right. Okay. So they, uh, they have an album out. This is actually Tom Petty's second solo album. But a majority of the Heartbreakers are playing on it. So when they appear on Saturday Night Live in 1994, again, Dave Grohl is on drums. But they play this song and they play another song. But this is the song that I want your listeners to actually hear. Because I think um, this, this speaks to how good of a band Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were. That they could do this song and... It's just great that they have a hard rock drummer on drums to play this one with them. Good. 
great. That is great. In my personal opinion, one of their best performances in uh, the eight times they're on the show. So good that when they released the SNL 25 music CD series, that was one of the performances that was on those CDs. Oh, really? I remember that, yeah. So, oh, wow. I don't remember those CDs. I don't have them anymore, um, but I know I have them uh, in a digital file now. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so when SNL hit their 20th anniversary, there was a lot of SNL merch that came out along the 25th. Uh, 25th anniversary and that was one of them that i love because they had a like a kind of a harder rock one uh rock music and then they had one that was more pop oriented so like you'd have janet jackson on one and then you have uh tom petty on another um i'm sure you, you could still find them on amazon and ebay and all that but they were they were good to have because they were there were versions or there were you know strip versions from the snl live performance that was really cool um to one of your recent podcasts, Neil Young, Neil Young, one of their performances is on that same disc. And it's, I mean, it, it, you, you turn that up. I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you, you want to, you want to jam, turn that up. Your neighbors are going to be complaining, you know, <laughs> it's one of those. So. So in terms of Tom Petty and the heartbreakers, mm-hmm. they've appeared on the show eight times. Mm-hmm. From over over what four decades? Uh, close to that. I mean, you'd say seventy nine to two thousand ten. They kind I mean, of they touch on multiple in, decades. In se- yeah. yeah, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens. Five decades. My God, oh, that's uh, yeah, that's staggering. Um, they, how many I, bands? I mean, how many bands could do that? You know, I don't. Maybe think the Rolling Stones. Okay, maybe you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a there's a counter argument here. Uh like I, I think that, you know, especially in the the first year of the SNL Hall of Fame mm-hmm. in the music category, they they need to be in there, don't they? I, I think they're an easily first ballot. Um, you know, when you talk about like baseball hall of fame, a rock and roll hall of fame should go the same way. Um they're just they should if they're not in the conversation, there should be a really good reason why. Maybe that's my opinion. Um, you know, maybe I'm biased because I'm a fan, but from our conversations uh, so far, you can see that I'm not just a, a fan of one thing. I'm a fan of the whole thing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of everything from 75 to today. Um, all 900 plus episodes we've had. I can... I, I can argue a lot of ways about why somebody should be um i mean yeah we're gonna have the argument further down the line of somebody like justin bieber because obviously they've been on the show a lot um and they have uh legions of fans and all that but i'm thinking yeah but do they have mass appeal you know if if you could put uh justin bieber in a delorean and go back to 1975 would Lauren have booked him on the show? I don't know. I mean, he would have been a, a Donny Osmond type. Um, so maybe, but were they booking a Donny Osmond act on SNL in 1975? Not really. Not really, no. You know, they weren't going for the, you know, the they weren't going for the the, the bubblegum demographic at that, po- at that point. 
maybe they were as the show progressed, but in 1975, they were booking the bands on that they wanted to book on. That's why you put somebody like Billy Preston on the first episode. You know, um, Bill Withers, um, personal favorite of mine. Maybe that's why I picked him. Um, you know, um, Leon Redbone. Who heard yeah. Leon Redbone before SNL put him on? You know, I'm, I'm sure he had some, some fans, but like, I know Leon Redbone because of SNL. Right. Uh, if you talk to fans that are our age, what do we know Leon Redbone from? Oh, SNL, for sure. Well, that or the, the uh, detergent ads. Oh. Hey, 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 that's all. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, for, me, for me, it's strictly SNL. <laughs> I miss that ad. It's okay. I love I I love acts like that, and then like it's some of those musical acts from the seventies, from the eighties that you really don't even hear, even on iHeart Radio channel. It's or Spotify. It's like you're not going to hear them because people aren't talking about them, but um, they're in the conversation when it comes down to someone, people like us that have these conversations that look back at somebody who uh, embodies growing up with the show, um, watching the show for the first time, um, even if it was a rerun. Like, you know the show. You can go back and and kind of place yourself where you were when you were watching the show for the first time as a teenager or watching them on a DVD or watching them on Comedy Central or uh, Canadian Comedy Network. Whatever the, the capacity might be, um, you could think of some really, really uh, interesting performances and musical guests like Leon Redbone, but like a Tom Petty that put you back in that place that first time you watched him. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting that you say that uh, because, like, I do remember, not live, but, but watching that performance uh the 79 performance um and you know it's almost to me like the Elvis Costello one it's just indelible in my head now you know Agreed. uh but then you get that followed up unlike Elvis Costello who got banned you get um seven more performances by this group mm-hmm. you know and i i think that just by virtue of the number of times they were invited back, it shows you that they were, you know, linked with the show in a way that is greater than a lot of other bands have experienced and a lot of other artists have experienced. So to me, by virtue of that alone, you know, I, I think they belong on the ballot for sure. And, and in the hall of fame, ultimately. Well, if they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why not be in the SNL Hall of Fame? And that's that. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so they should be in the SNL Hall of Fame. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, a great conversation there with Marcus. If you want to find uh, more of his work, you can look on Twitter at Jennings underscore writer. 
Uh, you can also find Marcus doing some moderation work, as I mentioned off the top, at the SNL Superfans group on Facebook. Uh, it's a very large collection of uh, SNL fans. You should definitely check that out. So that's what I've got for you this week. Marcus Jennings, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, musical guests, Hall of Famers. We'll have to wait and see. So with that, I bid you adieu, and I'd ask you to do me a favor, and on your way past, turn out the lights, because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall. such.